Technology has revolutionized the world we live in. With rapid development and artificial intelligence, we've created a reliance on automation, but also a fear of the unknown. A certain unease has grown to wonder how far it can all go. Will technology misuse our information, make our jobs obsolete, or even surpass us? With the human race bound to the frightening power of machines, will there come a time where we will all have to submit to technology terror? Degrees of Screams, where we watch and dissect your favorite spooky movies. I'm your host, Alex. And Stephanie. And this is a mostly horror podcast. Each season, we'll rank 13 movies on a scariness scale from, you guessed it, 1 to 13. We will uncover the real-life myths and legends that inspire these movies and tell you just how authentic they are. This week, we move to Stepford in The Stepford Wives. So, Stephanie. Yeah. Have you watched The Stepford Wives before we watched it for the podcast? No, I haven't. And? I liked it a lot. It's so fun. Okay, good. Thank yeah. God. Me too. I love this movie. Yeah, I like it a lot. Bette Midler's in it. Uh, uh, what's her face? What's Nicole Kidman. Kidman. Yes. yes. And uh, then there's Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick and the other guy from the producers. His name's Roger in the movie, but I don't know his real name. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Um, Glenn Close. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Christopher Walken. Yeah. And Faith Hill. Right. Random. Yeah. It's so, a random cast, but it's so good. I liked it, too. Okay, good. I was I, like... I, I mainly like how well the friends play off of each other, too. The the, the little trio they have mm, going on? Yes. Yeah. I like it a lot. We had this rated as a two, obviously. And just I think above. it's here to stay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not scary. No. At all. It's a fun time. I mean, there's like suspenseful mm-hmm. moments, but it's a comedy. Right. It's definitely uh, not a horror film. No, but I liked it. I liked it a lot. Good. Did you want to jump into the background? Sure. All right. So, The Separate Wives is a 2004 American science fiction black comedy film directed by Frank Oz from a screenplay by Paul Rudnick and starring, as we already mentioned, Nicole Kidman, Matthew Broderick, Bette Mendler, Glenn Close, Christopher Walken, and Faith Hill. I love how she was credited in when I was doing the research. I always said Faith Hill. Yeah. You had to know she was in there, even though her character uh, I don't, is not that important. Yeah, no. But I Is mean, she Sarah in this? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I didn't recognize her at all, but she's a country music star, so I guess that's why. Yeah, if you have <laughs> a, a big name, you're going to plaster yeah. it on there. Yeah. This is actually the second feature-length film adaptation of Ira Levin's 1972 novel of the same name. The first movie came out in 1975, and that was an actual, like, thriller-type situation. It wasn't a comedy like this. It was actually... Like, they're trying to be spooky. Yeah. yeah, Oh, okay. Which would have probably been more appropriate for this, but I wanted to have a (laughs) lower-level movie to cover above Smart House. Right. And I really like this movie. No. So I'm definitely going to take it. Or, it's sorry. a solid choice. That's <laughs> yeah. all I was going to say. It's a solid choice. I, I, I really like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, and this is where I have an issue, Yeah, it received generally negative reviews from critics and was a box office failure, grossing $103 million worldwide on a $100 million budget. This did not do well at all. How could they? I don't know. No. With that cast, you, you can't. I'm sorry. You just can't. <laughs> I, I, 
I just don't know why I don't. I guess either it, my little brain has bad taste, or it, I, I don't know what it is. Where a lot of people like, it's not the original. I don't know. They're like, "Boo, this sucks." Maybe. I don't know. A lot of people feel funny about adaptations. I don't. I I just don't. I don't get it. But this one's been adapted like six times at this point. No, I think it was only twice. The first one and then this. I thought there was one after. No. No? Was there? I'm not familiar. I also kind of consider Don't Worry Darling a sort of an adaptation to it. <laughs> it's very similar in a way. They just ripped it off. Mm. I haven't seen that though, so I can't really. Yeah. Can't really comment on that. <laughs> That's fair. Anyway, go on. Okay. <laughs> I have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> she was proven false. <laughs> The one thing I did find, which was weird, there was a lot of tension on set. So, really, yeah, reportedly there were problems on set between Oz and the stars Nicole Kimmon, Bette Midler, Christopher Walken, Glenn Close, and Roger Bart. In a 2003 interview, Oz stated, "Tension on set, absolutely. In every movie I do, there's tension. That's the whole point. And working people hard, that's exactly what they expect me to do." Bette has been under a lot of stress lately. She made the mistake of bringing her stress on the set. That's just rude. Yeah, so I don't know what the hell was going on, but uh, a lot of people had issues with yeah, the filming of this movie. He sounds like a real delight. <laughs> right. And it's like it's like a Kubrick-type situation where he, like, <laughs> abu- emotionally abused, like, Shelley Duvall, like, on The Shining, for example. Oh, but, like, this literally is... this guy did? No, I, oh. I don't know if it went that far, but, like... Absolutely. In every movie I do, there's tension. Like, why? Yeah, it sounds like like I'm here to cause workplace drama. That's purposely why I come here. <laughs> right. This is the comedic version of the Stepford Wives. Like, calm down. Like, right. This isn't a thriller or a horror movie where you need that kind of a thing. This yeah. is a nice, fun romp. Yeah. N- no need. No. So, definitely not. Okay. That was interesting. Yeah. The film was originally conceived as a darkly satirical piece with an ending closer related to the finale of the original, but negative results from test screenings caused Paramount to commission numerous rounds of reshoots, which significantly altered the tone of the film and gave it a new ending. I think the original ending, she was supposed to turn... Into a Stepford wife, yeah, and, and then that, that was kind of the it. Yeah, that's how the original movie ends and the book. So I think that was the plan, oh, but then we okay. get the ending we have now, which I prefer... Yeah. Especially for a comedy like this. Right, right. Which we'll get to. So, yeah, I had a different ending. Although, actually, I'm going to talk about this now. It's funny. If you go on, like, YouTube, you can watch a whole bunch of uh, deleted scenes and even how the Stepford Wives react and stuff. And I'll go into detail Mm -hmm. when we go through the plot. Is like, wildly different than the version we have. Oh, okay. Yeah. When we get to the one scene completely different than the version we see. I won't say like completely, but significant enough. So oh, all right. there's a lot of deleted scenes you can watch on YouTube about this movie. Oh, I have to look them up. Yes, do it. <laughs> In a 2005 interview, Matthew Broderick stated, making the film wasn't enjoyable. It was nobody's fault, but my part was not terribly interesting. It was not a thrilling film. I would hate it to be my last. So just Damn. really driving home the fact that people were not... No one liked this. No. No no one enjoyed this. No one had fun doing anything here. But you know what? I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) On Rotten Tomatoes, The Stepford Wives holds an approval rating of 26% based on 126 reviews with an average rating of 4.7 out of 10. 
the website's critical consensus reads, in exchanging the chilling satire of the original into mindless camp, the remake has itself become Stepford-ized. Stepford-ized <laughs> is what, what they wrote. Yeah. Metacritic, which has a weighted average, assigned the film a score of 42 out of 100 based on 40 critics, indicating mixed or average reviews. Audiences polled by CinemaScore gave the film an average grade of C-plus on an A-plus to F-scale. I'd give it at least a B. Yeah. No, it's a lot of fun. I don't know. I feel like comedies have to get a pass in a way when it's, you know, just meant to be good-humored fun, even if it right. is an adaptation to something else. But It's like one of those things, like comedy, you could get away with, like, the absurd. But right. in the same way, like, horror could, too. Yeah, because I don't think it wasn't – it wasn't not funny. That would be like a bad comedy movie to me. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> as long as you're laughing a little bit. Right. You get points, right? Mm -hmm. As long as I'm not like, this is terrible. I don't want to watch any more of this. Yeah. Whoever's <laughs> sense of humor, it's not working. Like, right. But right. yeah, no, I thought it was, that was perfectly fine. Okay, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> Some critics were more receptive to the film. So actually... Roger Ebert called Paul Rudnick's screenplay rich with zingers and gave the film three stars, which, shocking. Right. He didn't like anything. I, <laughs> I can't remember him liking anything. So here we go. Yeah. But at least he, at least he liked it, so mm -hmm. take it. Are you ready to get into the plot? One second. Mm -mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> Taking a little sip of my human bean <laughs> frozen iced coffee, not sponsored. Yes. <laughs> But just saying. But we are interested. <laughs> We're always interested. It's so delicious. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay. <laughs> anyway, are you ready for the plot? I am. So we start off with our protagonist, Joanna Eberhardt, the executive producer of reality television, during a presentation on her successful Feminist Forward programs. During this speech that she's giving... An angry TV show contestant that lost his wife to another man on a show attempts to shoot her. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was Mike White, first of all. Oh. And the only reason I was like, it's Mike White. He was on Survivor. Oh, David okay. versus Goliath. And he also, I mean, he does more in Hollywood, but oh. I'm a huge Survivor fan. So I was excited to see Mike White. I had no idea who this man was. Really? No, I didn't. Do you watch uh, White Lotus at all? No, I don't. He wrote that. Uh, School of Rock. Oh. Wrote that. Oh, was he the brother in that? I haven't seen it in so long. Ugh. But he wrote it. That's all I know. For sure. I'd have been him, honestly. But anyways, Mike White. I was like, hey. <laughs> Afterwards, she discusses the incident with her boss, uh, but ends up losing her job for her choices in programming and has a mental breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> to, say, to say the least, it was so funny because she was trying to keep it together. Yeah. And everything you could see in her eyes, she was just like crumbling. She's like, no, it's fine. Everything's fine. This yeah. is great. No, it's fine. Good luck. Well, like when I first watched the opening scene, I was like, okay, I mean, I guess I can understand why they're going to go like polar opposite. I guess that's why they're trying to market it that way because her her reality shows were kind of extreme i could see those being real yeah <laughs> like what was the one it was like a couple goes to an island which is That's, why the guy was mad yeah and he got to spend time with, with like a prostitute or something uh, yeah and then his wife got to spend time with like 10 porn stars basically yeah. adult film well well stars. i guess they both could choose how many people mm -hmm. they spent their time with but he chose like one woman she chose like 10 people <laughs> <laughs> i love the one it's like she sleeps with one man usually her husband <laughs> or, she, or what was it yeah she's only had sex with one man usually her husband i was mm -hmm. like 
Usually. <laughs> and geez, <her> yeah. <laughs> it was funny. But at the end of this uh, clip, it shows the shows they have to make a decision, or at least the life does, um, on whether or not she wants to choose her her marriage or these people. And she's like, I can do better. <laughs> yeah, that was the name of the show. I could do better. Yes, yes. <laughs> so uh, when she's in the office with her boss, she's trying to spin it. And she's like, you know, we pay for all the counseling and all of their medical expenses and everything. And then we have we hash it out in a new, like, let's, let's bring everybody together kind of episode. A reunion show. Reunion, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. No, Joanna, no. <laughs> At least she was willing to pay for their medical bills, which is why the the network was just like, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. We're just going to let you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. So at least they're paying for the emotional trauma. Or she wants well, to they're pay. Not. <laughs> well, she wants to. Right. So, Joanna wanted uh, to do the right thing. Exactly. In an attempt to start over fresh, her husband Walter leaves his job and takes Joanna and their two kids to Stepford a Connecticut suburb for a quiet life in the country. And it gets weird. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where things go south. Right. So when they arrive, Claire Wellington welcomes them to the neighborhood and shows them around their smart house mansion with its very own robot dog. The next day, the family is invited to a community picnic where Joanna befriends a famous writer, Roberta Markowitz, a.k.a. Bobby who has recently moved to Stepford with her husband and children and a vibrant architect, Roger Bannister, who has moved to town with his longtime partner, Jerry. These are the best characters? Yes. They're like the main three. We got Bette Midler. Mm-hmm. And then the guy who plays Roger. I don't know his name. Yes. But he's great. Make him the best friends ever to be on exactly. <laughs> camera with Nicole Kidman. <laughs> However, the other wives in the community seem odd because they are endlessly doting on their husbands and clearly believe they are subservient to them. Yes. During some square dancing, the trio of friends sees one of the wives, Sarah Sunderson, dance violently and collapse. <laughs> dance violently. <laughs> I'm going to do some violent dancing. That's called moshing. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> no. My mistake. No, she was like... Uh, so short circuiting, basically. Yeah. I mean, without being too obvious about it, but she's she was. Sparking. We all know why they're there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Pretty much. So the leader of the men's association in Stepford comes forward to treat her instead of calling for an ambulance, and Joanna briefly sees sparks when he's working on her. Okay. Yeah. So that night at home, Joanna and Walter argue over the bizarre incident. But Walter completely changes the subject and threatens to leave Joanna by telling her that her children barely know her, their marriage is falling apart, and her domineering nature makes people want to kill her. <laughs> I'm like, Walter, this is not the time. <laughs> right. Also, like, who would you ever say that to someone, even if it were true? Like, right. people want to kill you. Right. You're unbearable to be around. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Like, maybe be but, more tactful about that? I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like he's at the end of his rope, and that's why he's doing it. But it's also just not on topic either. Like, we're talking about the weird-ass neighbors we have and how concerning that is. And then you're like, but you're a horrible person. (laughs) Right. Uh, Okay. I'm just showing concern for somebody's safety. I I guess we can make this about me if you really want to. Thanks for the feedback. (laughs) Yeah. I'll make a note of that and not do anything about that. Right. Thanks. So to appease Walter and apologize for being so busy with work in the past, Joanna agrees to try to fit in with the other wives. The next day, Joanna, Bobby, and Roger go to Sarah's home to check on her. 
No one answers, so they let themselves in. And here, Sarah and her husband, Herb, having sex with an abundance of enthusiasm. <laughs> an abundance of enthusiasm. enthusiasm. Again, that's putting it lightly. Yeah. She was having the time of her, well, I don't know if she was having the time of her life. Someone was having the time of their life. All right. Screaming at the top of their lungs. <laughs> and then she screams for, like, a very long time at, like, one, one note for a very long time. It was, like, half the movie. It just kept going. Yeah. <laughs> so much that Roger's like, I'm going to go get me some, too. Like, <laughs> His face, he's like. Let's do this. And he starts going up the stairs. I'm like, sir, hold on. You're in someone's home. (laughs) They don't care. So as they scramble to get out without getting caught, they fumble with a remote labeled Sarah and unknowingly press a button that enlarges her breast and makes her walk backwards out of the next room. Well, backwards robotically out of the next room. Mm -hmm. So they're being controlled. (gasps) Shocking. (laughs) I didn't see that happening. No, not at all. It's like this golden... What shape is this? It's like a bone. It looks like I don't know. It's very kind of like vibrator shaped. Oh the my, yeah. it's Stephanie. Yeah, <laughs> and it has their name on it. And then just uh, you could do various things with your wife. Mm-hmm. I'll get to the one part too that was really weird to me, but oh. I don't think I even listed it in the notes. But I'll I'll mention it when I can find a place. Okay. The next evening, Walter, Bobby's husband, and Jerry take Roger to the Men's Association. So Joanna and Bobby decide to hire a sitter to watch their kids and go there to spy on them. They find a dark hallway lined with family portraits, but Roger catches them and tells them everything's fine before telling them to get out before someone else sees them. They leave, and the men show Roger an empty dark room where he looks down at something concerning, but we cut away. So, don't know what happened there. Cliffhanger. Yes. Something nefarious (laughs) is happening, and Roger is not happy. Yes. So Bobby and Joanna go to visit Roger in the morning, but he isn't answering, and they find all of his most flamboyant possessions in the trash, including clothing, a hairspray playbill, and a picture of Orlando Bloom. Ah, And Viggo Mortensen. Oh, yeah. That was the last thing. (laughs) She's like, Viggo. (laughs) How could he? (laughs) Something ain't right. Yes. Jerry then calls to tell them to meet him at Town Hall, where they see Roger dressed in a dull suit and running for Connecticut State Senate with conformist ideals. What? Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, he's just uh, very boring now. Mm-hmm. The, why? <laughs> I'm just confused. Like, why couldn't his husband slash partner, whatever he is, just run for Senate? Why is Roger all of a sudden doing this? I don't know. I feel like. They kind of talk about it in the end, though, that they feel like they're married to very charismatic, strong people. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just like of oh, cause how I, he sees him. Because Jerry sucks and couldn't do it himself. Yeah, so, so he he's needs Roger. Roger to do it. Boo, Jerry, tomatoes, mm. tomatoes. Boo. Yes. Johanna goes home to tell Walter she wants to leave Stepford, and he agrees, saying they will leave the next day. In the middle of the night, Joanna researches Stepford and discovers that all the wives were once working women in high power positions, just like her. So the next day, Joanna visits Bobby to see that her once messy house is now immaculate. Oh, <laughs> messy? <laughs> yeah, hers was like a train wreck, to be honest. You couldn't see the floor, which, <laughs> no. you know, if your house is like that, no judgment. But they go there now and nothing is there anymore it's just immaculate (laughs) 
Bobby has been completely transformed into a typical Stepford wife with blonde hair and a bubbly retro housewife outfit. She now only cares about her family's every whim and writing her cookbook. She offers to help Joanna change as well, but while doing so, obliviously puts her hand over the stove's burner. <laughs> she also does like a crazy thing with her kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she has like three boys and they come up <laughs> expectantly wanting lunch from her. And she was kind of like a hands-off parent at the least. They they call her an alcoholic in the notes I saw online. <laughs> and I didn't oh see her drinking, no. so I can't really say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I guess the boys got right with the program <laughs> as soon as she changed because they had very specific lunch requests. Like one of them wanted like like a half of a cake of a six-layer chocolate cake or something like that. And a Rolex. Made from scratch (laughs) and a Rolex. Uh, The other one wanted, like, some sort of superhero doll in, like, a BLT, but then they didn't have the superhero doll, so she gives him $500. I think you said she gives him. (laughs) Oh, so she she gave him $500, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, so it was just bizarre. (laughs) Yeah. But... Uh, because before she wore like dark clothes, her hair was kind of curly, yeah. dark haired, and now she's wearing, you know, typical housewife attire, I guess you could say. High heels, blonde hair, straight blonde hair. She yeah. looks completely different. And even though her house is like perfectly in place now, she's like, oh, I have to clean this pigsty all day. Right. <laughs> There's nothing there. Nothing is wrong. It sounds like me when I go on my cleaning rampages. <laughs> Look how clean up everything. <laughs> Not like that. But she did say, at the fair when they first met or something, when you first see her and her husband, he asked her, like, where are the kids? And she's like, I don't know. Where are your kids? Like, right. I'm like, I don't know. Why don't you know? Mm-hmm. So, it, like, she's completely different. So this was a scene that with the really extended scene, deleted scene. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into, like, what's going on, maybe, because it doesn't <laughs> quite make sense. They really lean heavily into them being robots in the deleted scene. Like, her arm is replaced by, like, like she's basically Inspector Gadget. Like, this, her arm extends. She has, like, a squeegee come out where her hand is. She's cleaning the window. Right. She's, like, doing all these things. Like, she's basically a robot, which it's kind of up in the air in, yeah. in the movie. Like, what really – it doesn't quite make sense, and we'll discuss it later. But they really lean heavily into, like, the robot aspect in this, in the, yeah. like, deleted scenes. To the point, like I said, like, parts of her body are replaced with, like, metal yeah. things going on. It's kind of weird, but – Right. And there is another wife when Walter is basically, like, confronted and showed, like, behind the curtain, like, what's happening here at one point. And uh, somebody – brings in their wife to make change <laughs> and oh, he gives yeah. her like a 20 or something and she she like spits out money like an ATM. After putting a credit card in her mouth. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then um, part of that deleted scene is she has speakers in her stomach, like speaker <laughs> holes. Oh. And like music is coming out of her stomach. So they really lean into the robot part, which when we decided to do this season, we're like, no robots. Right. But when we get to the end of this, it's not clear – that they're robots. That they're robots. Like, yeah. It doesn't – that's the one part of this movie that I don't like is it doesn't make sense what exactly is going on with them. Yeah. But we'll get there when we get there. But I just wanted to talk about that scene because it is such a departure than what we actually see. Because, like, she basically just puts her hand on the fire and she doesn't react. Like, that's the extent of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. It's wild <laughs> in the deleted scenes. Right. 
Yeah, it, it seems like they needed to change some scenes up to decide whether or not they were going to lean really hard into the robot skid or not. Mm-hmm. And some some scenes didn't they didn't think to take out, which I'm like, mm, like doesn't Sarah, make sense anymore, though. Yeah, like Sarah sparking, mm-hmm. but you're not really or being a, a human ATM. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so in any case, once we get to the revelation of it all, uh, we'll talk about what's going on here. Yeah. Joanna then escapes and heads to the Men's Association looking for Walter, but the neighborhood husbands surround her. Walter then appears to explain that he and the other husbands were emasculated by their wives, and Mike has found a way to install nanochips into their wives' brains to turn them into Stepford wives. Wee. <laughs> Wee. Yeah. Yeah, so, so this, I guess we're talking about it right now. So in this explanation, they're just putting chips in their brain. So nothing physically should have changed exactly. about them aside from the chips. So what? Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah. So that's, uh, I think during. Like, oh, in her boobs, when her boobs change yeah. or something like that. That's that's obviously what? like a technology thing. Like, right. Yeah. So they didn't really think it through. Like, No, there's some remnants of their like original idea, I guess. And uh, probably through like rewrites and stuff. They yeah. probably had to still keep some of the footage. I, I don't really know. But they're not really robots. But. Right. It's it's kind of up in there. Yeah, I I guess it would be hard to show like malfunctions and stuff like that though, like over and over again to kind of get that nano chip thing across. No, I don't think. I mean, okay, so Sarah being controlled at the beginning, I think as long as she wasn't sparking, yeah, because it wasn't like sparking through her head. It was like her uh, neck or something, right? Or like the ATM part. Like you didn't need to add that if you decided. We're not doing robots anymore. Yeah. Like, you could still have them glitch out because it is a nano chip without it making it seem you're made out of wires now. Right. So, I don't know. That's the one gripe about this movie. Yeah. That's fair. Joanna asks if their new wives really mean it when they say that they love their husbands, to which Michael, he replies, enjoy, and ushers them, well, a reluctant Walter and Joanna into the transformation chamber. So we are to believe that Joanna was transformed because in the next scene, we see all the Stepford wives or spouses, including Bobby, Roger, and Joanna, shopping in a trance at the supermarket. Right. And real quick, I'll stop talking about the robot debate. <laughs> but again, the transformation thingy, <laughs> yeah. it's like this thing that comes up out of the ground and there's another body yeah. there. Which makes it seem like her brain's being put into that. Oh, yeah. Right? And so, then at like, the end, they all kind of just come back and act like nothing happened. Or right. they were under like a spell kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So there's this whole other body for her. Yeah. So. Odd. Yeah. Just don't think about it, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Just take it as it is, which is convoluted, but it's all right. <laughs> it's okay. It's a comedy. We could get away with this. It made us laugh, so yes. we're fine with it. Right. <laughs> Soon, Stepford hosts a formal ball where Walter and Joanna are the guest of honor. And during the party, Joanna lures Mike into a garden away from the others. Meanwhile, Walter slips into the transformation room where he destroys the software that programs the women and the wives turn on Mike, cornering him. Joanna then reveals that she was never given the nanochips and, like, attempts to assault Walter for ruining everything. But Joanna decapitates him with a candlestick, exposing him as a robot, too. So he's a legit robot. Yes. Full, fully. So he's a full robot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> then this is, like, the craziest, like, 
why? Why is it happening kind of thing? Um, Mike's wife, Claire, then comes forward distraught, explaining that she was a brain surgeon previously that caught Mike and her young assistant having an affair. So she murdered them in a jealous <laughs> rage and created the Stepford Wives to give herself a second chance, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Well, she thought like, if she was more around more, I guess. Well, she was like... I was this brain surgeon, and life was just so stressful, blah, 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 and then he cheated on me, and now I'm just like, I just need my perfect little life where I just relax and <laughs> basically is the the sum of it all. She doesn't want stress anymore. So her solution is to do this. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I'm – like. It makes no sense. Yeah. Also, when she revealed herself, I was like, okay, now this makes more sense, like the scenario that they're in. Because as soon as they had the ball, I was like, what man wants this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. What man that wants like a, a subservient wife mm-hmm. wants a ball? Like, And I was like, mm, no, it's that bitch. Like, Did you kind of guess what was going well, on? Well, like as soon as she stepped forward, I was like, oh, it makes sense oh, a yeah. lot more now. But um, yeah. But as soon as the ball scene started, I was like, why would he want this? <laughs> I feel like you could still make your stress-free free world without chipping the women. Yeah. <laughs> like – yeah. I don't know. I just Or I don't know, do it the old fashioned way and let let Mike go and I don't know, date your assistant and get remarried and then try to have a different marriage or whatever with somebody else. Oh yeah. That not, that would be the them? normal solution. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just uh, operating under the or uh, fantasy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she then electrocutes herself to death by kissing Mike's severed robot head. <laughs> and then we're just like, all done with that. <laughs> uh, did she die, though? I thought <laughs> Yeah, she just... I guess she died. Oh, yeah, because she crawled over to him. Yeah. Then... <laughs> I was like, you can make another robot. It's not that big of a deal, but okay. <laughs> I don't think she knew she was going to get electrocuted. <laughs> Do you think she knew? I think she did it on purpose. Really? Yeah, probably because they were going to all sue her, <laughs> at the least. She's been going to jail for a long time. Mm-hmm. We then cut to six months later in an interview with Larry King. We find out that Joanna has won six Emmys for her documentary, Stepford, The Secret of the Suburbs. Roger has won his state Senate seat as an independent. And Bobby has written and published her first book of poetry, Wait Until He's Asleep, Then Cut It Off. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, I I love her book earlier in the movie. Uh, I didn't catch the title. Oh, Joanne's like, I love your book. What's it called? It's about her mom. And she's like, I love you, but please die. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. And <laughs> I then love it re- you, but please die. <laughs> that made me think of uh, Jeanette McCurdy's book. Oh, yeah. I'm glad my mother's dead. Right. I was like, that's not too far off. That, yes. that uh, actual book that it, happened. That exists, yeah. Right. So I thought it was funny. So they then explain that the Stepford husbands are under house arrest for their crimes and being retrained to become better people. The closing scene shows the husbands in Stepford shopping for groceries under the strict oversight of their wives. Haha. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's completely deserved. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I would have, like, part of me, so Joanna and her husband, like, have this, they obviously, they stay together. 
Mm-hmm. But like as soon as he was about to even contemplate of making me a robot, I'd be like, no, yeah, it's done. It's I don't even you thought about doing that to me. Mm-hmm. No. And honestly, though, these these wives that have their husbands still there, I'm kind of also like, you sure? <laughs> right. You sure? Like, how long were you there with them? Like, like, like that. Like, and they actually went through with it. Like, he's like, I had a change of heart and realized I couldn't do it. But the whole fact that you even thought about it you to begin with. You saw a woman as an ATM and you were like, yeah, seems like I'd still want my wife to do that. Like, <laughs> This is great. Oh, my God. No. So that was like, girl. Yeah. Leave his ass. Goodbye. I guess like, I was like, uh, redemptive arc, but kind of too late. Yeah. A little too late. <laughs> like, eh. Sorry, bud. Yeah. But whatever. And it's it's a comedy. I guess we just have to accept oh, it. Oh, yeah. For sure. But if we're talking critically, I could uh, recognize its faults. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no. It, like, we done. <laughs> you know what else I really liked about this movie? Hmm. The soundtrack. Oh, yeah? It was very whimsical. Yes. And um, even, like, some of the more suspenseful – I use the word suspenseful very <laughs> loosely. But when they're sneaking around and finding out what's going on, mm-hmm. I really like the vibe of the music. It's good. Yes. No, it wasn't. Score. It wasn't tense at all. It was very no jokey. Yeah, but. it was lighthearted. I don't know. I remember I saw it when it first came out, and I don't know what two thousand four. So not like as a well kid, twelve, but enough for me to have some nostalgia for this movie, and I was no. excited to cover it again. Yeah, no, I liked it. I never seen it, but I liked it a lot. It's a lot better than some of the other movies we covered this season. <laughs> so you know what? Yeah, I'll take the win. Yeah, honestly. I think Don't Worry Darling could have taken some steps from this because they kind of went so hard into the creepy. Oh, really? Yeah. Can I spoil it for you? Because it's for been it. out for him a few months. I, I listened to some podcasts about it. So oh, okay. that's all good. So, spoiler alert if you don't want to listen, maybe fast forward a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but in the end, we realized that Harry Styles isn't her husband. He's more or less a boyfriend that is a. Um, Lazy son of a bitch, honestly. And she is like this big surgeon and she works like 36 hours straight. And he's like texting her like, what are we having for dinner? Like while she's working and he comes home and he's like, I don't, when are you cooking something? And like, I I didn't know how long you'd be gone. Why didn't you answer me? Kind of stuff like that. Like all this needy, like I can't do anything myself kind of shit. So he gets into this program and then ends up putting them in a simulation, isn't it? Yeah, almost? basically a simulation where they're just kind of like conked out. And but he has to kind of like preserve their bodies on the outside world while mm-hmm. they're going to work each day. So he thinks that he's doing her this big favor by letting her have this luxury life while she's like this little homemaker. I liked how it was going at first, but then when it got to this point, I was like, no, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Tr- yeah. <laughs> that's not it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I'll have to watch it. I'm kind of curious now. Yeah. But when they did the whole dancing together, like the washing machine thing in the Stepford Wives, they they did that in Don't Worry Darling, the coordinated dancing. Like oh, that. okay. Mm. So it was very remnant of that. Gotcha. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll have to watch it. Yeah. Would you like to hear a little bit about mind control? <gasps> mind control? Mm-hmm. Yes. Control my mind, Stephanie. Ooh. I got permission. Nope. <laughs> Not in writing. No, no. But but on audio. <gasps> oh, 
Oh no. Uh, <laughs> this isn't Alex. This is an AI generated cloned voice. Uh, don't uh, don't listen to anything she says. Mind control refers to the concept of manipulating or influencing an individual's thoughts, beliefs, or behaviors. It can be achieved through various methods such as psychological manipulation, coercive persuasion, or the use of drugs and technology. <laughs> or just drugs and technology. <laughs> or you could just like beat them over the head and you're like, you listen to me now. Like, <laughs> yeah, really, there's just various ways to achieve this. <laughs> the idea of mind control has been explored in different contexts, including psychological research, conspiracy theories, and science fiction. So these are different techniques and definitions of mind control. Mind control is often associated with the manipulation of an individual's thoughts, emotions, or behaviors without their consent. The methods used to achieve mind control can vary, but some common techniques include manipulation of information, controlling the information that individuals receive, can influence their thoughts and beliefs. This can involve censoring certain information, spreading propaganda, or selectively presenting information to shape perceptions. So, like, everything. Everything we consume. <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, honestly, these are just, like, really good. <laughs> this is just really good advice to look out for, like, if you're getting into new relationships. like Red flags. <laughs> right. <laughs> look for all of this stuff. Yes. So gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation where individuals are made to doubt their own perceptions, memories, and sanity. It involves subtly distorting or denying facts, making someone question their reality and undermining their confidence. There's also isolation. Isolating individuals from friends, family, and external influences can make them more susceptible to manipulation. By limiting their access to alternative perspectives and support systems, manipulators can exert great control over their thoughts and behaviors. Then there's emotional manipulation. Manipulators may use emotional manipulation to exploit an individual's emotions and vulnerabilities. This can involve tactics like guilt tripping, love bombing, overwhelming someone with affection, or playing on fears and insecurities. Oh, I never heard of love bombing before. Oh, it's a super big red flag for people that are in, like, abusive relationships. So how does that work? Give me, like, an example. So um, say a woman meets this man online, and they meet, and it's kind of like this whirlwind romance that she describes where – like, he takes her on trips, he gives her expensive gifts, he tells her how much he loves her, he writes her poetry. And then about, like, two months or whenever they get engaged or married, what kind of however long they think he needs. He stops the, it, kind of He stops thing? it, yeah, and withholds it. Oh, and, okay. It's the, the part of withholding it is what makes it the manipulation. Because, like, if he's just always like that, is that – Technically manipulation? No, that's just being a good person. Okay. That's (laughs) why I was like, wait a minute. Showing a lot of affection? No, showing a lot of affection isn't bad. It's just that you have to watch out for it when someone's like withholding it. So then also uh, people that survive domestic abuse and violence often have trouble leaving these people because they think at the beginning they were so nice, like something just happened and we just need to change that and get back to where we were kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's. Gotcha. It's also kind of like forcing a different perspective onto someone as well because they think that you're this great person and you just get upset all of a sudden. <laughs> you're like, psych, I'm a piece of shit. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> Love bombed. Yes. So there's also coercive persuasion. 
A course of persuasion techniques are designed to influence individuals' beliefs and behaviors through intense and relentless pressure. This can include tactics such as sleep deprivation, sensory overload, social isolation, and manipulation of rewards and punishments. This is very common in um, cult behavior. Sounds like it. Yeah. Like, sleep deprivation. And I was like, no, anything but that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not sleep deprivation, please. And then there's also creating dependency. Manipulators may deliberately create dependency by providing limited rewards or support, making individuals reliant on them for validation, resources, or approval. This can make it harder for individuals to break free from the manipulator's control. Some argue that mind control is a real phenomenon and a significant threat to individual autonomy and freedom of thought. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. It's almost like the whole concept is to stop that from happening. <laughs> yeah. They, I don't know. Is that really up for debate? It's kind of like, yeah, we yeah. are controlling you. Like, that's kind of the definition yeah. of mind control. Right? <laughs> they point to historical examples such as the CIA's experiments with mind control drugs as evidence of its existence. However, others argue that the concept of mind control is based on pseudoscience and conspiracy theories. They contend that while manipulation and influence can occur through mind control as depicted in popular culture, is not scientifically supported. I feel like that's splitting hairs, though, because, like, if you're able to get someone to do what you want through these tactics, I mean, might as well. Yeah. It's, you know, it's no... It's not like sci-fi. Well, yeah. you're not putting chips into people's brains, but if you're able to get someone to do what you want time and time again through the various tactics that you discussed, I mean, You're exhibiting kind of, mind control over them. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, I mean, it's working. Right. <laughs> like, there's your evidence. You're yeah. doing the thing that you want them to do. Actually, the CIA experiment thing reminds me of, did you ever hear about the psychology case of, it was like prison, like a prison. The prison experiment? Prison experiment. Where they where gave they, some people the power and then. The, yeah, the role of prisoner or, or um, mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, what do they call officers or something like that. And then it just. All hell broke loose, Yeah, basically. like within three months or whatever, they were all like mm-hmm. treating each other like actual jailers and cops. and Yep. Jesus. Like you, they basically just implied the power. <laughs> yeah, and just then, like gave them the scenario. Like, let's pretend. <laughs> and they're like, let's beat everyone up. <laughs> That's for sure us now. <laughs> yeah, I forget what it was called. It was something prison experiment. Yeah, it experiment. was something prison experiment. But yeah, that was some crazy <laughs> shit. Like, all you have to do is just plant the seed. Like, yeah. you are better than these people. Right. And more often than not, people will run with that. It's crazy. So just an ethical consideration. The concept of mind control raises significant ethical considerations, obviously. The manipulation or coercion of individuals' thoughts and behaviors without their consent is generally seen as a violation of personal autonomy of personal autonomy and human rights. Yeah, most people don't like that. Yeah, like, it might be bad. I don't know. Just a thought. Maybe don't do that. But to each his own. The use of mind control techniques have been criticized for its potential to exploit and harm individuals. It is a complex and controversial topic that encompasses various techniques and theories. While some argue that mind control is a real phenomenon with significant implications, others view it as a pseudoscientific concept. The ethical considerations surrounding mind control highlight the importance of respecting individual autonomy and freedom of thought. Yeah, so basically don't do that. (laughs) Right. It's like, there's some consideration. Like, no, don't do any of those Manipulation tactics, just don't do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's jacked up. Like, right. 
Let's not pretend. If you wouldn't want it to happen to you, don't do it to other people, obviously. Perhaps. <laughs> I don't think there's anyone. Oh, I hope I get manipulated today. <laughs> right. I can't wait for Stephanie to control my mind by making me feel really bad about myself <laughs> and depraving me of things I want. How are you enjoying your frozen hot chocolate, Alex? <laughs> what frozen hot chocolate? Oh, my God. <laughs> It's delicious, actually. <laughs> now I take it away. No, it's gone. I already drank it like, oh, well. in like two seconds. But like, I don't know. Mind control isn't real, but like, yeah, not in the strict, Science, yeah. strictest of senses. But like, if you're able to get someone to do the thing you want, I consider that. Yeah, it, 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 I guess it could be technically pseudoscience, but it's not implanting chips into people's brains <laughs> right. or whatever. But yeah. I feel like that's even worse. Like, right. if you're able to control someone without any aid like that, that's yeah. worse right. than just, like, sticking something in their head and controlling them that way. Because you have to be really... <laughs> Messed up. In yeah. the head. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> to do that. And, uh, I don't know. In any case, mind control, let's just call it advanced manipulation. Yeah. That's what it seems like. In summation. Don't do any of these things. Yes. Please don't. If you are in a relationship with anyone that exhibits these behaviors, please stop. <laughs> Go <laughs> <And> get help. <laughs> immediately cease the activity. Yes. And get help. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this show and listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, giving us a five-star rating is super helpful. And we will always appreciate it. You can find us on social media using 13 Degrees of Screams. This has been 13 Degrees of Screams, and we will see you next week. You are mind-controlled now. Oh, I am? <laughs> yeah, I just told you. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that's also how it works. You oh, can just okay. sit you down and tell you you are controlled now. You forced me to say these things. Yes. I knew it.